Amen. Church, we just want to really thank you for your giving and we want to thank you for the way that you've been not only supporting the work and the ministry of uh, KC City Church, as you've seen through the videos and all of that, you've seen us really go out into our community this year. And we want to thank you because you have made it possible for us. So can I invite you to just bow your heads again and just, and, and, and just thank the Lord for the gifts that you've given and that the Lord will multiply back to you. And particularly for those who may have lost you jobs around this time. We want to pray and we want to believe that as you enter into 2022, the Lord's going to open an amazing door. The Lord's going to give you opportunities to start something that maybe you never even thought of, that He's going to give you some creative ideas and He's going to provide for you because that's the God you and I serve. Hallelujah. So let's let's begin to pray for that right now. Father, we want to thank you for the, for, uh, the gifts that many have given. Lord, we want to thank you Lord, for their giving. We want to thank you for their tithes and offerings. Lord, Father, we pray that your, as your word says, that you will cause it to be pressed down, shaken together, and runneth over, Lord, Father, that you will, that you will bless them beyond measure. So, Father, we just want to thank you as we look to you. It's been a privilege, Lord, that, that, and an honor for us to be able to just give unto you because that's a statement of our faith, Lord, that we believe in you, that at the end of the day, we trust you wholly, Lord. So, Father, take what you have and just multiply that for the extension of your kingdom. Lord, and may this bring glory to you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, friends, it's, a, it's always a pleasure for us to have uh, Pastor Graham come and speak to us. He's no stranger to us at all. You know, he's just been, uh, I, I mean, he's, he's, he's a father in this house. And uh, he's, he's been with us since the conception of our church really and so we just want to just really thank the Lord for him and Graham we want to thank you for coming and ministering to us this morning friends open your hearts open your mind and let's receive him and and wherever you are at home let's begin let's 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 clap and welcome him and say Lord bless this man as he ministers and my heart is open in Jesus name amen well, good morning, everyone. It's uh, great to be with you in this way online and to share um, a sort of a Christmas message with you, isn't it? It's uh, just the day after, so we're uh, still thinking about the celebrations that we've had and the joy of remembering Christ's birth. I was just commenting to my wife uh, the other day that almost every Christmas, it seems like God gives me something fresh uh, to think about and meditate on during Christmas time. And I don't always preach on Christmas Day but or the day after, but uh, on this occasion, I can actually talk to you about what God has placed on my heart uh, in the last um, little while. I found myself thinking that, um, well, we always celebrate Christmas, we always celebrate the birth of Jesus, and that's exciting and good, but... But I think there's more to it than that. I, I think that what actually happens is it's one of those occasions when the whole of humankind moves into the orbit of God's love. There, there is another time in the year when that happens, and, uh, and that's Easter time. But Christmas time, it's like God's focus is on his whole creation in a very beautiful way. So I was thinking about being in the orbit of God's love and I decided I would look up the dictionary and, and see what it said about the word orbit. 
And of course, uh, as often is the case, uh, there were a number of meanings to the word. But the meaning or the definition that struck me was this. Uh, the word orbit means an area of activity, interest, and influence. An area of activity, interest, and influence. So when I saw that, I got really excited and remembered an amazing chapter of Scripture in uh, Ephesians chapter 1. So what we're going to do is I'm going to read that to you, and if you have your Bibles, do that too. And let's see how many of those three things you can find in this passage. How many of the how many of God's activities, interests, and influences are seen in this passage? I'm reading from verse uh, 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. E even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and he brought him, gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us, along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious plan regarding Christ, a plan to fulfill his own good pleasure. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. God's purpose was that we Jews, who were the first to trust in Christ, would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saved you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. What a great passage and if we had time we could read the rest of the chapter and it conveys all the same wonderful messages and truths. So when we speak of standing in the orbit of God's love, we are suggesting that, that each of us as individuals are the object of God's activity, God's interest and God's influence, but there is something much more uh, just as exciting as that, and that is that we become the instruments of his 
of his activity, his interest and his influence. So that's where we're going to go this morning in the short time that we have together. Let us look at some of God's key interests. Now, what, what is God's key interests? Well, first of all, he creates. Verse 4 says, before he created the world, he loved us. He is the creator, creator of the universe, creator of humankind. Second thing that is one of God's activities is that he redeems. The scripture says that, that in verse 5 it talks about so, or 6, so we praise God for the glorious grace he's poured out on us who believe. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son. So he's a redeemer. He loves to redeem his lost children. Uh, and the, a third activity is that he adopts us. He, he not only saved us, but he brought us into his family. You know what that means? It means we come back into the same relationship that Adam and Eve had originally with God. We're in that unbroken intimacy with, with God. He, he adopts us into that. And, and he empowers us. Down in verse 19, Paul says to the Ephesians, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him, that uh, he, is, he empowers us by his power. Every time uh, you, you plug an a, a electric um, cord into a power point, you are convinced you are connecting an inanimate object to a source of power. And, and that's what happened when God redeemed us. That's what happens when we are in the orbit of his love. What else does he like, love to do? Well, he loves to give gifts. And uh, in verse 15 and 16, Paul says that he is praying for them. And he says, I've not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight that you might grow in your knowledge of God. He, he loves giving gifts. And we know that in Romans and, and also in Ephesians, we, we read about the gifts that God loves to give to his children. And another one of his very important activities is... Uh, is that he rules over the universe. He is over all things. Did you notice that? When I, I read, no, perhaps I didn't read that verse to you. Let me read it to you out of verse 21. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but in the world to come. So he uh, rules over the universe. Well, that's our Father. That's the one in, in whose love we, ha we now live. So let's have a look at some of his interests. What are God's key interests? Well, the Scripture's pretty clear about this. It says that his first interest is that he loves his Son. And uh, there are several verses in the Gospels in which God declares his love for his Son. 
And one of those beautiful verses is when Jesus came up out of the water of baptism, uh, the heavens opened, the dove descended on Jesus, and a voice was heard, This is my well-loved Son in whom I am well pleased. His interest is in his Son. And his interest also in, is in his children. He loves his children. That, that means that means you and that means me and that means all those who have received Christ as their Lord and Saviour. He loves his children. Do you, do you understand that? You know, sometimes when we are going through a hard time or things aren't working out for us well or someone in our family is suffering or sick or whatever, it's easy to start saying, well, why God? Why, God, are you letting me go through this? And you know what I think he says every time, and sometimes it's hard for us to hear it, but I think he says, why not you? You are the one who has connection with me. You are the one who believes that I am almighty, all-powerful, all-good. Why shouldn't you tread through the valley sometimes? And as you do, I'm going to use that to grow you into a person who is more like Jesus than you are now. Oh, he loves his children. He loves us so much. And he loves the church. You know, the church is God's idea. Some people might think not a great idea, but it is his idea. And because, you see, he had this plan, and his plan was that Jesus would live on earth among people. And as he lived among people, he would reflect to them who the Father is. That was his plan. But then his plan also was that Jesus would, after his death and resurrection, would rise, ascend into heaven, and he would sit on the right hand of the Father. He would be exalted. He would be our high priest. He would be our intercessor in heaven. And so in order that there would still be representation on earth, in the same way as Jesus was, he created the church, and made Jesus the head and gave every individual Christian the Holy Spirit and together we become this living, pulsating organism called the church. God loves his church. You know why? Because it's through the church that he intends to declare his love and his forgiveness and his grace to the whole world. So he loves the church. And, he, and, and listen, brothers and sisters, he loves the poor, the broken, and the unbelieving. There's not one person out there in, in the world today, not one person who's ever lived, not one person who will ever live, that God doesn't love with the same great, unbelievable, indescribable love that he has for you and I. Good to remember that because sometimes, some, just sometimes, God turns out to be more loving than we are. <laughs> Have you noticed that? But what he wants from his church and what he wants 
from his people is that we might love the poor and the lost and the unbelieving in the same way as he does. I have told this story before, but I, I love telling it of a, of a, a, a little girl who had been in Sunday school that morning and in the afternoon she was walking through the park with her mother. And as they walked through the park, they saw this old man sitting on a bench, an uh, old derelict man. And to the, uh, to the mother's horror, the little girl pulled her hand away and ran up to this man and climbed up on his knee. And she looked up into his face and she said, Please, mister, are you one of God's probable sons? She got the word wrong, but she got the theology right. That there's only two kinds of people in the world. God's children and God's probable children. The ones that he aches to see come home to him and the ones he wants us to ache in, for in the, same, in the same way. Well, we've talked about God's activities, his key activities. We've talked about his key interests. What about letting us look at God's instruments of influence? What does he use to influence the world for good? Well, um, this passage in Ephesians talks about some of them. In 3.8... It says this, So we praise God for the glorious grace he's poured out on us who belong to his Son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his Son and forgave our sins. His grace, his kindness and his forgiveness are instruments of of influence, his influence in the world. Now, I want you to get that because, you see, the power of these things is that they are in contrast with the way we would normally act. And the way we would normally act is we would be always seeking the best, what's best for us, and we would perhaps give a little bit of love and kindness to those that we think deserve it, but his great grace and his kindness and his forgiveness was poured out on us, Paul says. These were the instruments of his influence. I want to ask you um, a question as I asked myself this question the other day as I was looking at this. And I said, to what extent has God's grace and God's kindness and God's forgiveness influence the person that I have become and that I am becoming? It's a good question, isn't it? It's worth pondering the answer that we might give to this. And the way to do that, I think, is to think about your interactions with other people whether they be people you're in close relationship with or whether they be people that uh, you just meet and maybe your workaday world or your school world or wherever you might be. And uh, to ask yourself, is the person that they, those people who relate to me see a person who is influenced 
by grace, God's grace, God's kindness and God's forgiveness. Well, we, I'm sure like me, you would like to be able to say, yeah, sure, that's, that is what's happened because that's what ought to happen. If the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, is living in our lives, then he's, he's reproducing in our lives the life of Jesus. That's the way it was meant to be. But sometimes it's not quite like that. Sometimes we are hurt by people. Sometimes we are made to feel angry by, by people's behaviors or actions. And it's really hard then to remember that the purpose we're here is to be a reflector of God's love and his grace, his kindness, and indeed his forgiveness especially his forgiveness. That's the hardest, isn't it? Um, he, <laughs> I, I shouldn't say this, but, but sometimes we can even fake kindness uh, and, uh, and grace and get away with it, although that's not what God, God want us, wants us to do. But you can't fake forgiveness. Because you see, forgiveness is not a gift you give to someone else. Forgiveness is the antidote to your bitterness and your hatred and your resentment. And if the, if the lack of forgiveness resides in your life, then those things also reside in your life. And it's hard to hide internalized anger and resentment and bitterness. And forgiveness is the antidote. Have you? I'm sure you've noticed that the scriptures in the New Testament never, ever talk about love and forgiveness, God's love and forgiveness, without talking about our need to love and forgive others in the same way. Because it's, uh, it's then that we experience the depth and the power of that. So I, I just want to encourage you in this Christmas time as you stand in the orb of God's great love, and as you recognize that Jesus came in order to be our redeemer, and this is God's plan even before the foundation of the world, before he created anything, it was his plan. As you ponder that, I'm praying that you might have a hunger in your heart to be a reflector of his grace, his kindness, and his forgiveness. But Paul also, when he wrote to the Ephesian Christians, he prayed that they might experience other influences too. In verse 3 to 8, he talks about God's wisdom. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. I think you can do a lot of things with the word understanding, but one of those meanings of understanding is, is that it's the same as empathy. It's not just understanding what somebody is saying, but understanding what you're fully hearing and understanding the feelings and so on that people struggle with. He has given us his wisdom 
And then in verse um, 19 to 23, I pray also that you'll understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is uh, one of God's influences, instruments of influence is his power. And brothers and sisters, I want to tell you, I want to tell you carefully that, that God has given us, his children, access to his power. Oh, no, we will never be omnipotent or omnipresent or om, uh, omniscient or any of those all-powerful, all-knowing things, but we have access to the power, just like that cord I talked about gives the toaster access to power, so we have, through the Holy Spirit, access to God's power. Well, what's that power meant to do? That power is meant to be a transforming agent in our lives. You know, I think sometimes when people think about God's power, we think first about, oh, well, then I could raise the dead or do miraculous things. But what God is talking about here is a power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the power that can transform us so that, that we can glorify God in our lives. And then the last instrument of his influence is his people. It's us. He has chosen us to be instruments of his transforming grace. He wants us to be able to share the gospel with people, not only in words, but by the way we behave. Not only uh, by words, but the actions of love that flow from our relationship and in our relationship with him. So let's just go back to the beginning and just say, this Christmas, let's just stand for a while in the orbit of his love. And then as we stand there and we drink it in, we think about one who came to redeem us, to change us, to adopt us, to empower us. We just let it sink in. And then we ask ourselves the question, what will it mean if rather than just standing in the orbit of his love, I was to live every day in the orbit of his love. If I, was, if I lived as a person who is as conscious of his love now as I am when I celebrate Christmas, as conscious of his love now as when I might be celebrating Easter, that, that's a question. And, and that question brings us to think about both God's interests and his instruments of influence. And my prayer for you is that you will be uh, an instrument of God's influence in the world and that it will give you as much pleasure and as much joy as it gives the Father. Uh, let me pray with you as we close. Father, I just thank you that we've just been able to stop in this busy time and op open your word and hear what you are saying to us through this chapter in Ephesians. How wonderfully you... Um, planned our redemption, how gloriously you have redeemed us and how much pleasure and joy it gave you to see us come out of darkness into light 
out of death into life. And Lord, that that is that is something with, that transfixes us today. We we can't move from that place because it is so powerful. But Lord, you're calling us into life day by day, living for you. And our prayer is as you do that, that we might put our hand in yours and say, Father, with all my heart, I want to be a reflector of all I have received. In Jesus' name, amen.